0: If there were words to describe why this series is needed, they would be these, overwhelmed, overscheduled, exhausted. I've heard those words again and again from dozens and dozens of you here at Walloon. Overwhelmed, overscheduled, exhausted. Recent survey I just read, uh, four out of five Americans report a need I've got too much stress in my life. I need to reduce the stress that I'm feeling in my... Four out of five, that's 80%, y'all. So uh, we do need to deal with this subject. Stress, frustration, anger, even despair is rampant. And I believe it's growing in our culture today. Even though this is interesting we've never been richer and more prosperous as a society. I find that very interesting, don't you? That even though we are at the zenith, uh, we've never as a culture been more blessed with abundance. We have ten times more material abundance than our ancestors. I think of my Grandpa Ellis. And uh, he had one vehicle, and... I don't know how this was true, but it always seemed to be the same blue Chevy truck, kind of beat up, 10 years old. I don't know if he was able to always find the next blue Chevy. Always beat up one vehicle, never more than one, that old beat up Chevy truck. Um, He owned one suit, and he wore it every Sunday. Okay, so he was the head usher in the church I grew up with, and I always knew uh, he, I think he had, he splurged. He had two ties, so he went back and forth with the tie. Uh, but he had one suit that he wore every Sunday, one vacation spot. We never, I never saw him vary from going up. Every, every time he went on vacation, there's a little spot, a little lake up here in Michigan. He lived in Indiana, 100 miles north. Uh, you ever been to Hart, Michigan, anybody? Yeah, anyway, that's where he went. He, what did he do on vacation? He fished? and he camped. Sounds pretty good, right, Chase? Uh, anyway, th- that's, that's my grandpa. What, one, one vehicle, a truck, a used one, one suit, one vacation spot. Now, just contrast that with where we're at today. We've got smartphones and Netflix and Spotify, dishwashers. I thought to myself, Grandma never had a dishwasher. Uh, Grandma was the designated dishwasher, and all of us grandkids, and my dad tells me, and all of his brothers and sisters in their time. Anyway, no dishwashers, texting, cable, uh, TV. I guess if, if you have satellite or cable, just count the channels that are available. Grandpa had four, and two of them were fuzzy. Just want you to know. Two fuzzy ones. we got Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat. Uh, I counted my apps yesterday on my phone. This is embarrassing. 141 apps on my phone. <laughs> 141. Now I will say with all truth in mind, a good number of them are entitled grandkids games, but uh, <laughs> that still has, like me, at near a 100. So, uh, unprecedented affluence in technology and education. Uh, I've got a master's degree. Grandpa never finished high school, okay? But we have more stuff and more toys and more gizmos, and I would argue, give me your eyes, we're much less content. We're much less fulfilled. We've got so much more, but... We've got so many more issues we're dealing with. Fear and panic and anger and suicide is on the rise big time. Why? Huge percentage of Americans. Antidepressants. Doctors can't write the scripts fast enough. If you need help with a counselor or a therapist, you're probably on a waiting list if they're good. Because you can't get in. you gotta, you got to wait in line. Progress gives us more and more, faster and faster. Why? Because we like more, don't we? We like more and more. We like it faster and faster. We are addicted to abundance. We're addicted to more and more and faster and faster. Now, before I go any further... I've been reading the last couple months, and much of my reading has been with this gentleman, Dr. Richard A. Swenson. He's a follower of Jesus. Uh, He also is a medical doctor. And many of the ideas you're going to get today, I'm confident, if I use something verbatim, I'm going to quote him. But I'm sure I've read four of his books now. I'm sure many of his ideas are seeping into what I'm going to say. So I just want to say this was his, uh, I would call it his seminal beginning book. And back in 1991, I believe is when this was printed, he already could see what was happening. And he was way ahead of his time. Uh, He recognized as a medical doctor, successful practice, That his life was speeding up and going faster and faster. And pretty much it was overwhelming, exhausting, and awful. So uh, Dr. Swenson quit his successful medical practice. He was actually training other doctors and had his own practice on the side. And he has now spent the rest of his life writing, researching his life's work on how to simplify life. How, How do we get margin back in our life? We'll talk about that next Sunday. Uh, What's the secret of contentment? And we're going to talk about that in two weeks. So uh, now you know where we're headed. Uh, Here's the key point. If you're taking notes, and I would encourage you, uh, once you write some things down, you might be in that four out of five people who are stressed and overwhelmed and exhausted. Progress builds by using its biggest tools. What do you think progress's biggest tools are? Economics, education, and the big one today is technology. And progress always gives us more and more, faster and faster. Now here's the problem. Progress is usually at war with our relational life. It's giving us more and more, giving us faster, faster, but in our relational life, Uh, It's at war with our social life. Here's what I mean. Uh, Progress often interferes with our relationship with other people. Think about it. Suddenly now we're going faster and faster, and our time, our relationship with our spouse, our children, our grandchildren, our grandparents, friends, neighbors, coworkers, it's not getting better. It's getting worse. Progress is often at war with my emotional life. As, as things speed up and get faster and faster, I don't really have time to sit and think. I don't have time to dream. I don't have time to process and recharge anymore. Why? Because life is just moving too fast. Progress, perhaps worse, I would argue, uh, is at war with our spiritual life. Psalm 46, verse 10. You Want to say it with me? Be still and know that I am God. There's no time to be still. There's no time to listen and process. There's no energy to read God's word 15 minutes a day. There's no margin to join a community small group. Well, I would. I just don't have time. I'm too scheduled to make it to church very often. I really would like to go, but i got a lot of things going on in my life. I want to give you one statistic, and it sounded so incredible that I actually went and checked it out three or four different places. Because you know, sometimes when you hear a statistic, it's not always accurate. So I, I, I checked this out. Uh, the one that I find is the most credible It's called the Nielsen Company. Anybody ever heard of the Nielsen Company? They're the ones who uh, report ratings for television. They have some of the best tracking ability to find out what people are actually watching and doing. Anyway, um, here's what they reported. First quarter of 2016, on all your devices, adults, first quarter 2016, on average, are consuming 10 hours and 39 minutes each day. Day. Ten hours thirty-nine minutes each day. And that was up over an hour from 2015. You got it? 10 hours, 39 minutes, first quarter, 2016. Uh, so that that's that one startling. Now now here is even more sobering. Fall of last year, fall 2017. This is the most recent data I could find. Uh, We're now up to 12 hours and seven minutes on average with all the different ways uh, that we, that includes tablets, smartphones, personal computers, multimedia devices, video games, radios, DVDs, DVRs, television. Put them all together, how much time on average per day? 12 hours seven minutes. And, and progress says you, you got to have those gizmos. Progress says you, you got to be using them. And, and there's something in us that we're drawn like a magnet to those issues. And, and, and I dug down a little deeper how on earth, you know, if, if you're working a job, And you're sleeping a little, how on earth do we have time for 12 hours and 7 minutes? And here's what it said. This was interesting. Uh, Many of us now, we have the special gift of doing two media at the same time. That's how it's possible. So we have learned to watch television uh, and also be surfing on the internet uh, at the very same time. Do you understand? Uh, so so we're, we're getting really good at this media stuff. Okay, I just wanted to show you why this series is needed and necessary. So would you please grab your phone? Can you believe that, the irony there? Uh, that's progress, y'all. Or, or locate in your Bible the Gospel of Mark. We're going to look at chapter 12. Jesus Christ gives us two timeless commands that I believe are fresh and relevant and alive and perhaps never more needed than today, 2018. If you're able, would you stand with me? Let's out loud declare what Jesus says this. These are the biggies. If you boil it down, these are the major majors. What are they? Let's read them together. Here we go. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating, noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer He asked him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment than these. Let's pray together. Lord, uh, we need your help because uh, we're living in a culture that is fast and it's only getting faster. So would you show us today from your book uh, what it is that we each individually need to learn? And Lord, I recognize that in a crowd like this, there's people in all different places, and some are doing really well and they've found a good balance and they've got margin and they're content, and Lord, there's lots of others of us, this is still a work in progress. So would you meet us all right where we're at? Uh, we just read The Greatest Commands, and you've made it clear and you've made it explicit Would you instruct us and teach us and challenge us today from your book? And I'm grateful, Lord, that the very same Holy Spirit that inspired Mark to write these words down on parchment, I'm grateful, Lord, that very same Holy Spirit is here with us today. We welcome your Spirit today in your church. And we ask that you might teach and prompt and nudge and whisper and make yourself clear where this applies to us. Lord, we don't want to just know the problem, Lord. We need your answers. We need your wisdom. We need your guidance. Start that process today. Show especially those who are stressed and exhausted and overwhelmed with the current pace of their lives. Lord, would you show us what it is you have in mind for us? And all the church family at Walloon Lake said with one unified voice, you can be seated. Start with the Ten Commandments, okay? The uh, top ten, God's top ten list, ten majors. Exodus chapter 20. Moses begins, and God spoke all these words. Here's what Moses records. First four commandments, notice, are vertical. Okay? Vertical, first four of the top ten. No other gods before the Lord, because okay? he's, he's the one and only, capital G, God. Don't make anything in this world an idol. Number three, don't misuse God's name. Command number four, keep the Sabbath to rest. Make sure you take one day out of seven to refocus on living and loving the Lord your God. Again, first four commands are all about loving and obeying and living daily for the Lord our God. What's interesting, commands five to ten, distinct shift in focus. Okay? So, Uh, 5 to 10 are all about loving our neighbors. Number 5, our first neighbor is our family. Make sure you honor and respect your parents. Number 6, don't murder your neighbors. Number 7, no adultery with your neighbor. Number 8, don't steal from your neighbor. Number 9, don't lie to your neighbor. Number 10, don't covet your neighbor's stuff. So the commands that Moses carried down from Mount Sinai are very clearly in two different categories. Got it? Vertical, one to four, love the Lord your God. Horizontal, love your neighbor as yourself. So now as we look at Mark chapter 12, Jesus is asked by a teacher of the law. Uh, Today that would be like an Old Testament seminary professor. Uh, Professor Ryan Cook at Moody Bible Institute. So uh, an Old Testament seminary professor walks up to Jesus, likes the answers that Jesus is giving, and he says, Hey, Jesus, boil down the Bible and give us the greatest command. What are the most important commands that we are to follow? And Jesus, interestingly, gives him the two categories of the top ten list. Did you notice that? Jesus summarizes God's top ten list, and he said here's the first of the most important of the commands. Verse 29, uh, there's only one, capital G, God. There's only one. He's the God of the Bible, the God of Israel. So if you're thinking there's any other, there's not. Capital G, God, is the God of Scripture. And today, give me your eyes, this side of the cross, we know the Messiah that the Jews were looking forward to, the Savior of the world, the focus of the Trinity today in the church age is who? Who who is our focus today? It's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is our focus. Jesus Christ is the capital G God that we are commanded to love. Look at verse 30, and here's what it says. We're commanded to love the Lord our God, Jesus Christ. Love Jesus with all your heart, your emotions, your feelings, your personality. Love the Lord your God. Love Jesus with all your soul. with with your life, with your breath, with your aliveness. Thirdly, love Jesus with all of your... Okay, I'm pointing. Okay, right here. Love... here. I'll give you another run at that. Love Jesus with all of your... Your mind, your thoughts, your ideas, your attitudes, your motives, your plans, your memories... Love him with all of your brain. And finally, love him with all of your... Come on, show me your guns. Come on, right now. Right where you're at. I want to see your guns. It's a gun show. Yeah, Love him with all of your muscles, with all of your energy, your work, your activity, your words, your sweat, your effort. The major, major in life, there's only one God. We know him as Jesus Christ. Love him with all you've got. With all you've got. Now I want to pause here for a moment. And now I'm going to make the point that applies to our series. Are you ready? We don't love Jesus well when we're in a hurry. We don't, we can't love Jesus well when we're always in a hurry. Say it with me. We don't love Jesus well in a hurry. Turn to your neighbor, tell him, you know, we don't love Jesus well when we're in a hurry. Now you tell him back. Well, that's true. We don't love Jesus. You can't either. It's true. Uh, Rick Warren said this, hurry is the death of prayer. He's right. I would add, hurry is the death of Bible study. Hurry is the death of listening to the Lord. Hurry is the death of being filled with the Spirit. Our, our spiritual life and walking and loving Jesus and being in a hurry don't go well together. I've noticed in my own life when I'm in a hurry, when I'm over scheduled and overburdened and exhausted, what's the first thing that gets tossed to the side? And I'm not sure why it's true, Ron, but it's true. Almost every time, when I'm in a hurry, what suffers first? It's my time with the Lord. Uh, I'll catch it later. Not. Or I rush. Here's, here's what I do more often, and I'll bet you do too. Or we rush through. Okay, I've got to read a chapter of Scripture so I can check it off my list. So I'm reading it, and an hour later, if you ask me, what did you read? I'm not a clue. But I read it. I I did my spiritual duty. Koinonia, that's, that's friendship, that's relationship with Christ, takes time. Unrushed time to take root and grow. Mark 12, verse 30, the most important command in life. Got this? This isn't like, well, this is one of the nice things. This is priority one. If you're a Christian today... If you're a follower of Jesus, this is the most important command in life. Love Jesus with all you got, with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. I'll say it again. And we don't love Jesus well. We can't love Jesus well when we're always in a hurry. And uh, I'll say this. Are you ready? I think the biggest challenge today in church... As a pastor, we talk about it all the time. How do we help people grow and mature and and become fully developed followers of Jesus when everybody is chasing less important things? It's the challenge of today is we're chasing so many things. We, We are in a hurry doing so many less important things that we neglect the priority in life which is to love Jesus with all we got and I would argue that's our biggest challenge as a whole and uh, we're still praying on how, how do we do ministry in this hurried rushed day and age that we live in it's a challenge verse 31 we're not done yet Jesus gives us the second most critical command Love your neighbor as yourself. That's commands, Exodus 20, 5 to 10. Look out and care for the people that Jesus puts in your daily path as good or better than yourself. Got it? Our challenge, our challenge, command is to put the needs and the interests of those around me on the same level to look out for your needs and interests as good or better as I'm looking out for my own. Again, that's commands 5 through 10. Here's key point number 2. Okay, Write this down. Here we go. We don't love family and friends well when we're rushing. Okay, We, we don't Love family and friends when we're rushing, and you can add coworkers and strangers uh, and neighbors. But we'll start with family and friends. When you're in a rush, we're not loving them well. When Jeff is in rushing mode, Jeff is looking out for the needs and the interests of. When I'm rushing, any guesses? Da 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 da. I'm looking out for Jeff, because I'm I'm rushing. Yes, I am. Uh, I was in Petoskey earlier this week. I was late for a meeting with Pastor Jason. (laughs) And we were going to talk about Simplify, and I'm late. Catching the irony here? And in case you didn't know, Petoskey is a little busy this time of year, and we're all waiting for a light, and I'm not used to waiting multiple lights in Potosky. Okay, and here's what happened. Um, and then we're waiting for the light, and then this guy in front of me has the audacity to wave two or three cars in who are coming in. <laughs> and I'm late. And I'm late. And, and I'm yelling. He doesn't hear it, but I'm yelling back there You're killing me. You're killing me. What are you doing? I'm a pastor late for a meeting with a pastor. What do you think you're doing? Now, <laughs> I broke one of my own rules, okay? So here's, here was my problem. Instead of being 10 or 15 minutes early for a meeting, that's my rule, I wasn't paying attention, and I was late, and now I'm rushing, and when I'm rushing, I don't have time to be kind and patient and caring, and neither do you. When I'm late, when I'm rushing, no, I I, I don't do well there. I really don't. Which brings us to key point number three, okay? And you're going to see this one probably all seven Sundays, okay? We must ruthlessly eliminate hurry and rush from our lives. (laughs) We must be ruthless. Uh, We must take the axe and uh, just wipe out hurry and rush from our lives Uh, for many many years I valued sleep so much that I would sleep till the last possible minute because I wanted every second of sleep possible do I have anybody who who can can agree can I get an amen there okay okay now I thought that was brilliant you know so I'd get up You know, and I'd have like five minutes to get my clothes on, brush my teeth, comb my hair, you know, deal with the zits, and head out the door. And now I'm rushing and hurrying, and I'm still half asleep, haven't had a a lick of time with the Lord, and now I'm rushing off into my day. And you know what? I recognized quite a few years ago that was not a good plan. So, uh ruthlessly, I'm going to have to eliminate some hurry and rush, which means I'm going to have to eliminate some sleep here. Uh, and, and now, just, just tell you, here's my, another rule I just have. Whatever I'm going to do, I need 90 minutes to 2 hours, depending on, on the day, ahead of time for me to wake up and spend some time with the Lord and get my bearings down and, and just get ready for the day. Because then... Because then I I can actually be a fairly patient and kind and caring person. But when I'm busting out the door and I'm late and I'm still groggy and I'm just waking up, I'm a mess. And frankly, so are you. So, ruthlessly eliminate hurry and rush. Why? Because I want to be someone who loves Jesus with all I've got. How about you? That's the major, major in life. And I just want you to know, we don't love Jesus well when we're in a hurry. (laughs) I don't pray. I don't listen well to the Lord. I don't get filled with the Spirit of Christ well when I'm in a hurry. I don't feast on God's Word when I'm in hurry mode. And frankly, neither do you. Secondly, why must I ruthlessly, why must we ruthlessly eliminate hurry and rush? Because... We're not patient and we're not kind when we're rushing. We don't represent Jesus well to others when we're constantly rushing and in rush mode. Uh, I yell and get sarcastic and mean when I'm rushing. I promise you, it's true. Uh, The guy ahead of me who let some people in, he heard it if he had his window open uh, I'm not a very nice husband, I'm not a very nice father, I'm not a very nice neighbor, I'm not a very nice coworker. just talk to Jody, she's caught me a few times, uh, when I'm rushing too much and neither are you. Which leads us to a hard question, and you might actually need your spouse or a trusted friend to help you with this one. Because this question isn't always an easy one to answer with the guy in the mirror, because I'm not sure we see it in ourselves. But here's the question, here's the challenge. Am I a rushed or a hurried person? Could that be me? Am I far too often hurrying and rushing around? Could that be me? Lord, would you show me? (laughs) Lord, would you make yourself clear? I'm convinced that's where it begins, is you need to be honest and if you're not sure you know the answer, then ask somebody that you can trust. Shoot straight. Don't, don't kill me with your answer, but, but give it to me a little gently and tell me, am I, am I obeying the greatest two commands or am I not doing so well? Am I too much of a hurry most days to give Jesus the attention he deserves in my life? Or am I too much of a rush most days to love and care for and be kind and patient. You know where it starts? You ready? It starts with your family. They're, they're going to be on the receiving end of it most. And, and then your co-workers and then the strangers. Sadly, give me your eyes, sometimes we're nicer to strangers than we are to the people that we live with. Makes you want to cry, doesn't it? Yeah. Really, it's true. Sometimes we're more kind and patient with people we've never met than with our spouse or our children or the people we say we love. Final thought, will you begin to ruthlessly eliminate hurry and rush from your daily life? Will you start? This, this, this fast-paced treadmill we're on, y'all, it, it didn't start yesterday and it's not going to slow down tomorrow. So I recognize this is a process. It's kind of a painful process, but really what we're asking here is, will will you start examining yourself? And is that you? And will you begin the process of ruthlessly eliminating hurry and rush from your daily life? Will you? Will you? Bow your heads. Shut your eyes. And I'd just like you just to quietly, for the next moment, we don't get a lot of quiet these days, would you just say, Lord, speak, I'm listening. How does this apply to me? Lord, we confess the treadmill of our lives, it just keeps getting turned up faster and faster. So we need your wisdom and discernment and guidance to know when and how to slow down to the pace that you have for us individually, personally. And we're all in different places. We've got different jobs, different personalities. But I'm grateful, Lord, that your word and your spirit are personal. Would you show us the reality of hurry and rush and how it applies to me? Lord, from your book today, we've realized that the most important command in life is to love your Son, Jesus, with all we've got. Would you show us right now how we're doing with that? How that's going on a regular basis? Are we most days loving your Son, Jesus, well? Or not. Secondly, Lord, we're asking that you might show us personally, individually, how we're doing with loving our neighbors, putting their needs and interests above our own. It starts with our family. moves on to our friends and our co-workers and our fellow students to the people next door to the stranger that we run into how are we doing Lord would you make make it clear to us Lord my prayer is that for those who are way too much here today in a rush and in a hurry, that you'd help us to begin to ruthlessly eliminate hurry and rush from our lives. Lord, I realize that process, beginning those early steps, they're hard. Sometimes, honestly, they're painful. Would you give us courage? whatever it takes Lord whatever it takes here's what I've discovered the Lord is speaking to you it's healthy to let the Lord know you know Lord you're talking to me and I just want you to know I'm ready and willing to respond to how you're nudging and whispering and prompting and convicting right now so if the Lord's talking to you right now would you just lift up your hand and say Lord just want you to know You're speaking, and I'm listening. I'm hearing from you. Anybody else? Anybody in the balcony? See my hand, Lord. You're talking. That hurry, rush thing that applies to me, and I'm listening, and I'm ready to get on that road to eliminate hurry and rush from my life. Anybody else? Lord, give us courage. Give us strength. Whatever it takes. Because Lord, we want to love your son Jesus with all we got. And we want to love our neighbors as good or better than we love ourselves. And Lord, finally, if there's anybody here who doesn't know your son Jesus personally, that agape is missing from their lives. Make them hungry and thirsty to know Jesus who is love. Lord, would you uh, open the eyes of their hearts, make them hungry and ready to say yes by faith to the cross and the shed blood and the empty tomb. Might even today they want to say, Jesus, I want you to save me and rescue me From my greatest problem, I'm a sinner. I want to live daily for you, starting now. Work powerfully. It's in Jesus' wonderful and amazing name we pray all these things.